Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. So, um, as you know, Will and I have been working apart uh, for the last three months because of quarantine. Um, we don't see an end in sight quite yet. Um, New York City is opening back up. However, um, things are going very slowly, as they should be. Um, if you're in one of the states that have rising, um, rising cases, we're very sorry. We love you, and you are definitely in our thoughts and prayers. If you are a person of color and you are protesting, um, I can speak for Will and I both. Um, I can speak for both of us, and we are right there with you. Um, we are fighting the injustice uh, right alongside you. Um, right alongside you. Um, we truly do empathize and love you guys. Uh, but that's not what the show is about. Um, we, of course, cover it. Will does it much better than I do because I get a little, um, a little sweary, to use Will's words. <laughs> um, so he covers the politics. Um, the reason why I'm addressing this is because I was asked um, why we didn't do more on the BLM movement. Um, you know, and that's why. We are a, a gossip podcast. Um, Will does the the politics. Uh, and I trust his judgment and he trusts mine. Um, if you guys would like to, if you would like to hear more, please, by all means, let us know and um, we will look into it. Without further ado, I have some scandalous scoop for you all. <clears throat> so you all know I have a friend who used to be a gossip blogger, a really big gossip blogger, actually. Um, he walked away from it all to start a new career. Uh, but he still gets all these scoops, and so he passes them on to me. Well, one of the things that he recently passed on to me is um, about Judith Light. Now, before anyone starts getting ready to kill me, I just want you to know, uh, this is not a negative story about Judith Light. Um, from all accounts, she is delightful. Uh, my cousin worked with her on Transparent and said uh, that she is just a phenomenal person and a really, really hard worker. Very, very sweet. So, um, yeah, so I just keep that in mind. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that Jeffrey Tambor... Uh, on the set of Transparent, actually um, pulled one of his classic stunts on her. According to my source, uh, they were rehearsing a scene. Um, Jeffrey Tambor was already very upset because Judith Light's character was set to um, be more pivotal to the series um, in terms of story and whatnot. Uh, he had always imagined it being his star vehicle. And in his mind, they were taking it away from him and making it all about Judith. Now, this was not the case. Um, it was still um, very much 
um, about his character's journey. Um, but yes, Judith was going to be given more to do. They were blocking a scene, and Judith asked a question, and there's little, um, the reason why I'm not going into detail about what the question was is because there's a little, um, vagueness. Um, it was something like, how, how should I move, um, from point A to point B, um, my source said um, what he was told and what he personally verified before passing it on to me um, was that it was actually a question for the director, had nothing to do with the performance, um, but it was a very technical question and Jeffrey Tambor just went nuts and he started screaming at her that she was unprofessional, she didn't know what she was doing. And he did not want to work with her anymore. Um, and this was all done in an exploitative-laden uh, tirade. Judith allegedly, I say allegedly because, again, um, the full extent of what she actually threatened um, is up for a little bit of debate. Um, but she allegedly went to producers and Amazon and said she did not want to work with Jeffrey Tambor anymore and would prefer if they were going to keep him to, um, she would prefer to go on recurring or, um, be let out of her contract altogether. Now, again, people love Judith Light. Uh, she is a very sweet woman. She is very kind and not one who generally makes trouble. So, what they did is they um, they all had a meeting, and this was right around the time when Jeffrey Tambor was already dealing with accusations of sexual assault and harassment. Um, and Judith's complaining was the tipping point and led to the removal of um, Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, he has never apologized for his outburst. He's never uh, even come close to acknowledging um, that what he did was wrong. Uh, and in fact, my source said that he not only blames Judith for his termination, but believes that she owes him a thank you for her career resurgence. Now, I talked at length um, about Judith Light with my cousin. As I said, my cousin worked on the show for a season or maybe two seasons um, in the very beginning. Um, and Judith was just very, very popular. Um, she loved Judith. She loved working with Judith. Um, but I think it's very unfair to say that um, Transparent or Jeffrey Tambor had anything to do with uh, Judith Light's career other than she worked on the show and they were co-stars. Judith Light has consistently worked um, since 
I'm gonna say like the seventies. Um, it's been a very, very long time, uh, and rightfully so. She's a very talented woman. Um, to go with her being very sweet. Um, and so, yeah. Um, I think the show is very lucky to have her in. Um, obviously, the final season actually never happened, and they uh, decided to make it into a musical finale uh, with the death of Jeffrey Tambor's character. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character was always set to die. Um, from the very beginning, the end of the show was going to revolve around uh, his character's death. So... All this did was hastened um, the death. Uh, and according to my source, Amazon will not work with Jeffrey Tambor again. Uh, and once Judith Light's arc on the politician is over, uh, they are quite interested in recruiting her for another series. Uh, though... Those details are um, not available as of yet. But what is available is you guys getting a break from my place. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So once again, we are coming to you with some JK Rowling bullshit. You know, I just, at this point... I don't even know what to, more to say about her. Um, if you remember, we talked about how she um, does not believe in trans rights. Um, she does not believe that trans women are women. Um, she does not believe that trans people get discriminated against for um, being women. And, uh, you know... It's just very disappointing. Uh, and as the backlash to her inane comments grew, rather than backtrack or try to um, soften the winds that blowing against her, she doubled down. And she did it in the most bizarre way possible. She wrote an essay in which she came out as a survivor of sexual assault. Um, but again, um, doubled down on her stance that because trans women don't um, menstruate, they are not real women. And that they could never have the same experiences as a woman. And all of this is very bad. Um, I mean, and let's just face it, really, um, J.K. Rowling, you made billions of dollars off of your Harry Potter franchise. Um, you're still milking it with the new fan, uh, the new Fantastic Beast franchise, um, where you supported woman beater Johnny Depp, uh, who is also very heavily, um, by his own admission, um, Addicted to drugs and alcohol, among other things. Um, 
and working very hard to clear his name, and you refuse to even entertain the idea of getting rid of him because you had a high school crush on him. Good lord. <laughs> but with the trans issue at hand, a number of Harry Potter stars, including Rupert Kent, Emma, uh, Emma Watson, and Daniel Radcliffe have come out and said that she's just on the wrong side of history, um, and she's just not, she's just not correct in this. Um, she's just not correct in what she's thinking. Um, and Daniel Radcliffe actually took a step further and said, hey, you know, yes, this woman changed my life. I got to play her most beloved character, you know, um, and I'm very grateful for that. But trans, trans women are women. They are female. Uh, and I don't know why Joe keeps doubling down on this, basically. Uh, and he went on to say um, that it was because of uh, J.K. Rowling that he was able to work with the Trevor Project and whatnot. Um, for her part, J.K. Rowling has not uh, has not given an inch on this at, uh, at all. She has repeatedly fought against even thinking about possibly um, changing her view or what it would mean if she actually gave it a second thought or did some research. Um, and bizarrely, she tried to equate gender and sex with a sexual orientation and said, if there, are, if there is no sex, there's no same-sex attraction. Um, and, <laughs> and frankly, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell the woman was talking about. Um, of course, all of this controversy um, is coming to a head during... Pride Month, um, a month where she used to be heavily praised, um, even though she decided to, quote-unquote, out Dumbledore many, many years um, after the last book was released, um, there was still a, a, a lot of goodwill earned from doing that. But now, um, that goodwill is evaporating every time she opens her mouth. Uh, and frankly, I don't know how she reverses course without looking like the world's biggest hypocrite and, and asshole. Um, and things are so bad that editors working on her book, her new book, The Ichabod, uh, have said that they will not work. On, on the book, the publisher said that um, it's not appropriate. 
uh, if editors have every right to say they will not work on a book, um, if the subject is uh, demeaning or goes against their core beliefs. However, this is a children's fairy tale, and uh, they don't believe that the author's views should taint uh, what the book is about. I guess we're going to just wait and see how this all plays out. But for right now, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Uh, so originally, this was going to be two segments. Uh, however, uh, there was late-breaking news that I wanted to bring you, so um, you'll get that in the next segment. Um, uh, but I, because of that, I had to combine two segments, which were really honestly so so closely tied together um, that it just makes more sense to do this all as one so for those of you who have been listening for the last several months almost i'm gonna say almost six months now you know i've been um on top of the rebooted soap opera story um and i continue to be for multiple reasons mostly because i love soap operas <laughs> and but, but more than that I, you know it's just really a lot of fun for me so um i'm hearing with productions um, getting back up online, we, we could be hearing um, uh, fairly soon uh, about what the rebooted All My Children in One Life to Live will look like. Um, executives are still kind of working out some of the more... Um, more pertinent details like um, if it goes to Hulu with an episode every day or will they drop um, five episodes every week Uh, what I'm hearing is it's likely going to be an everyday thing Um, and, and the likelihood of it going straight to Hulu or being a Hulu original um, are dissipating every single day. Um, I've heard um, through my through my source that there has been talk about um, uh, there was original talk about each of them being a half hour show, um, but half hour shows are more expensive to produce, if you can believe that, Uh which is something I've heard all along, to be honest. That's why The Bold and the Beautiful um, has generally been the only half-hour soap um, goodness for 15 years now. So the once they got over that, there was some talk about the show um, being very 
much like a telenovela where it would be like all my children murder a mystery uh one life to live wedding bonanza Uh, and that is still a possibility, but it's looking very unlikely at this point. Uh, the new regime seems to be of the mind that um, getting ABC soap operas back up and running is of the utmost importance and critical to the long-term success of ABC Daytime as a whole. Uh, because when they canceled All My Children and One Life to Live, linear ratings were still the god. However, that has changed and now delayed viewing is uh, delay viewing and viewing on streaming platforms are considered the indicators now of what is popular and what is failing. A show like um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist just, you know, five years ago would not have made it with the ratings that it brought in. But because it's the number one digital, um, di digitally watched show... Uh, it was given the second season by NBC. <clears throat> so what am I wrapping all of this up to? It appears as though um, what we've been telling you all along uh, the straight hand Sarah and Kiki talk show is being put out of its misery. Uh, my source at ABC pointed to the fact that they rebranded um, the pandemic What You Need to Know show as GMA3 What You Need to Know as evidence of this. Now, for so long, they had really wanted to push into, um, they had really wanted to push into new territory with, um, with Good Morning America, um, and it seems like they finally found a formula that works, uh, but my source said that they're not, well, they're happier with ratings, and certainly... Um, uh, let's see, ratings are up from where they had been, um, just a few weeks ago, um, just before the pandemic started and Strahan, Sarah and Kiki was still in the time slot. Um, they really feel like there's a lot of missed opportunity and they really feel like they have these assets of the soap operas laying around. And they're not pleased with it. Now, um, for those of you who may not know or may not have heard, um, it appears as though Michael Strahan could be uh, on his way out the door um, at ABC altogether. Um, at this point, we know 
he he hosts um, the popular game show the um, one hundred thousand dollar pyramid, um, and he's part of the Good Morning America family. However, um, remember I told you he had a um, a terrible fight with the executives at uh, Disney, um, and. He blamed the low ratings on them, saying that they didn't promote it enough and they kept tampering with the formula, something that he he just really disagreed with doing altogether. And they got very upset with him and have started talks about relieving him of all of his duties. Nothing's official yet, and of course, cooler heads could prevail, but he seems to be out at uh, Disney sooner rather than later, probably. Um, It wouldn't be anything for them to get uh, someone else to host um, the game show, and from what I'm hearing, um, they could actually be looking at Rosie O'Donnell. Um, they had been eyeing her for a possible um, hosting gig for um, a daytime version of Match Game, but there's nothing to stop her from doing both. But we'll get um, we'll talk more about that when I get more details um, next week. Um, as for Sarah Haynes. My source fully expects Sarah Haynes to end up back at The View. Uh, <clears throat> um, because she is very popular, not only with the um, the brass at ABC, but she's very popular with um, the audience. And she tests very high. Um, and the people who do your deal love her. So... Um, my source said that um, they they fully expect um, for certain to go back to the view, and um, as for Kiki Palmer, ABC really does like her. Um, they would love to keep her um, in their on their payroll. But she does at this point she doesn't seem interested. Um, so I will keep an eye out and let you know what's going on with that. But for right now, I'm gonna take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So okay. There is a lot um, of ground here to cover, and I'm going to try to do it in the most entertaining way possible. And um, I just want to be clear, I don't find this to be funny. I don't find this to be um, salacious. I don't find this to be um, anything other than very sad. Um, 
but it is my job to cover it, and I have talked with Will at length um, about this. Um, and while it does come under the view of while it does come under the view of politics um it's also very celebrity driven and um we felt I was the best one to handle it I will try to keep my cursing down to a bare minimum for you um Danny Masterson has been charged with three counts of rape um, some of these allegations go all the way back to 2001. Uh, at this point, uh, um, the Church of Scientology had allegedly been protecting, uh, Danny Masterson for a very long time. And his wife has come out and said that she doesn't, she doesn't believe that he did it. She doesn't believe that he forced himself on anybody. Um, and in fact, in one bizarre rant, she has said that um, she doesn't know why these women aren't flattered that her husband wanted to sleep with them. Uh, my gossip blogger friend, or my former, my friend who is a former gossip blogger, I should say, <laughs> actually met Danny Masterson and said he reeks of sleaze. Those are his, those are my friend's exact words. Um, apparently the first thing Danny said to him was, oh, you're gay. If you want, I'll put it in your ass right now. And when my friend said no, Danny went on to give him quite a few drinks and try to lure him into an oral sex situation. Um, now, this is not to out anyone. Um, this is just one example of his behavior. And my, um, when my friend was relaying the story to some other friends of his, uh, one of one of his very good friends actually spoke up and said, everyone has a Danny Masterson story. Uh, you can't be in Hollywood without having a Danny Masterson story. Whether or not these people will testify against Danny Masterson um, really remains to be seen. Um, he was arrested and released on bond, on a $3.3 million bond, uh, earlier, um, today, when, which is Wednesday, June 17th. Um, sorry, I just had to make sure that was right. <laughs> so, he was released, um, on bond, and... People are looking at this and saying, 
you know, since the whole Me Too movement um, picked up speed, and uh, it has always been a matter of time before Masterson fell. Um, he he seemed to have been doing it in stages. Um, he had been working on The Ranch, on the Netflix show The Ranch, um, with his best friend and good buddy Ashton Kutcher. Um, and the fact that Ashton Kutcher is his friend and railing against human trafficking is very ironic to me. Um, so... Um, you know, there's also a lot of talk about, uh, things that Ashton may have done with, uh, Danny. Uh, my source has not said anything, um, my friend has not said anything. At this point, we are not going to speculate about... Um, whether or not Ashton Kutcher has committed sexual assault. Um, it wouldn't be fair to the victims. Um, and frankly, I just don't have enough evidence to um, back it up. Um, again, at this point... Um, we don't know what defense Danny Masterson's going to use. Um, someone suggested he could use um, um, a statute of limitations defense, saying he didn't do it. But even if he did do it, um, the crime happened so long ago, nearly 20 years ago, uh, that he can't be prosecuted for it. I think that's something that they would have already taken into consideration, especially since um, there were other other allegations which he really did get off, um, get away with because of the statute of limitations. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna take a break. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back, and this is the hottest and biggest story. And we have some inside information for you guys. Um, originally, this was going to be our lead story, um, but I decided to save it for my last segment leading into Palatog uh, because, frankly, I thought you guys would like it a little bit better and um, it gives something nicer for... Um, you guys to think about while uh, Will is getting set up for Politalk. Um, so, ABC News executive Barbara Federa was placed on administrative leave over the weekend. Uh, this came in response to allegations made that she had used um, racial slurs against several of ABC News's top uh, personalities. Um, to it, she said um, during high-stakes negotiations with Robin Roberts 
that she should be lucky she's not picking cotton. Um, in reference to um, Sunny Hostin from The View, uh, she said that Sunny was low rent. Now, here's where things get really interesting. On Monday, The View kicked off their Hot Topic segment uh, by addressing these reports. Um, where and Sunny was given an opportunity to speak on them um, head on. And she said basically that she was very disheartened when when these things were said and by the person who said them. Um, she also basically said that systemic racism is very um, alive and very well um, within the ABC News organization. Uh, and my source pretty much backed that up. Robin Roberts um, hadn't heard what was said about her when the news broke my source said she was furious um and is she is working very diligently to make sure that barbara Fernero does not return according to my source um that was never an option they wanted to abc news wanted to give the illusion um that they were investigating, but the person who turned everything over and made the complaint against her was none other than Sonny Houston. But you didn't see that one coming, guys, because I certainly didn't when my source was revealing all this to me. Yeah, so, um, okay, so Sonny Houston has been very far that she grew up just like I did, very poor. Um, and so when Barbara, when Barbara started using um, terms like low rent in regards to her, she was deeply offended, as we all would be. Um, and let me just say, you know, I. I love most of my view girls, Joy most of all, but Sunny's my girl. I, and I know people don't believe me when I say this, but my views actually line up with Sunny's almost a lot better than Joy's. I just love Joy because she's funny and she's outspoken, and I swear to goodness, I would love to base a character on Joy Behar. Um, but that's neither here nor there right now. So... Um, when Sunny went to ABC News, um, and made her complaint, she didn't go empty-handed. She was armed to the teeth, um, with all the evidence that they would possibly need. Um, 
So when they announced that Barbara was on administrative leave, that was actually the case. However, they have no plans on bringing her back. Um, and according to my source, this was kind of the topple that they needed. They wanted to rid ABC News of a lot of executives who um, they feel were uh, who they feel were very um, not pulling their weight. They were they were dragging the organization down. Um, they've they've avoided um, NBC and CBS like scandals in terms of on-air talent lying, um, but they they were very much hoping to um, keep this machine um, being very well oiled and ready to go. So, um, you know, we've been talking, well, we've been talking about all of this, but we're missing one major component here. Um, and that is the feud between the view ladies. So... Um, basically, there's four ladies, Whoopi, Joy, Sunny, and Megan. Uh, Whoopi and Joy actually got along very well. Um, and in fact, it was Joy, or it was Whoopi who suggested that Joy, um, that Joy, rather, moderate on Fridays when she's not there. Uh, which is something that she, she wouldn't have done in years past. Uh, Joy and Sunny get along. Um, but Joy and Megan are at each other's throats. Uh, and a lot of people are trying to play it off as, you know, just political ideologies. Um, but... Enjoyed like Whoopi has said that Megan has got to go. Um, she's too combative and isn't really adding to the conversation. She's just spouting uh, Trump propaganda um, and Fox News talking points. But more interesting is Sonny and Whoopi are feuding. Um, just before I started recording, my source relayed to me that after Whoopi took, essentially took Barbara Ferreira's side and said that um, she had known Barbara for a number of years um, and she had never said anything like this um, and she does not believe that Barbara is racist. Um, it set off a very tense relationship between the two. Now, neither of them will allow it to spill on air, at least not the way that um, Joy and Megan have, and 
um, Sonny and Megan have at times, but um, they are definitely at odds with one another at this point. Um, and we'll be uh, during one of the recent hot topic meetings try to establish that she was not calling Sonny a liar and she just wanted the investigation to be fair and give the appearance at least the appearance of being fair but Sonny was not having it uh, and has not spoken to what will be outside of um, on the show now with with New York City opening production set to resume anytime now uh, and the ladies likely to be going on some sort of um, out of studio outing it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, I'm I'm hearing and I'm going to be getting more of a fleshed out story on this later that um, the show had hoped to keep the cast mainly intact um, through the election, but they're not sure if that's going to be possible or um, if they're if they'll even be back in the studio uh, when this thing is over um, because there's a second wave of the coronavirus likely and protests in Manhattan are taking place right near the ABC studios. Uh, but as always, I'm going to stick up this story and as soon as I get more, I will bring it to you. But for right now, that's it for me. Thank you all so much for listening. I really do appreciate. I hope you have a great, great week or whatever. And coming up next is Paula Talk with Will. Cheers, y'all. Hello, ladies, ladies, and gentlemen. Another week's gone by, and you know what that means. It's time for yet another episode of Politalk, where I cover some absolutely fucking terrible news. Protests in the United States have intensified once again after the killing of Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta at the hands of city police. Mr. Brooks was shot in the back as he fled from a police check gone bad in the parking lot of a Wendy's. That Wendy's was later set on fire by protesters who took to the streets in droves to demand consequences for the officers involved. All of them were later charged with his murder. In other news, new cases of COVID-19 have continued to spike across the United States, but most especially in Texas and North Carolina. Texas, in particular, could be in a bit of trouble due to the fact that the state has done very little to prepare its hospitals for a large outbreak. 
and continues to lax or loosen social distancing procedures and policies. A rather surprising bit of good news came through this week, however, on Monday, as the Supreme Court ruled that discrimination against transgender people in hiring is sex discrimination effectively and is thus illegal. Justice Neil Gorsuch, writing for the majority, wrote, Although it was likely not the founders, orig- the writer's original intention to protect trans rights, the court has traditionally gone for a broad and textual reading of such rights when it comes to a head, such as in past cases. And in this case, the text is clear. Discrimination on the basis of sex is prohibited. And modern speakers understand sex to include transgender people. Gorsuch's vote was decried by many on the right who had hoped he would be an ideological champion. Many professed shock about how he had ruled in favor of the plaintiffs, despite this not being a fairly shocking ruling given his history and legal philosophy. I'll explain. With respect to the Constitution, Gorsuch, like Antonin Scalia before him, is a strict originalist. However, for standard statutory interpretation, he is a strict textualist, meaning that judges should not try to determine the original intent of of a law's writers, but instead simply apply the law as written according to the language as it is understood by the common speaker. Textualists believe that there can be no single intent or voice for a legislative body that includes upwards of 500 people. And so attempting to ascribe intent based on writings or opinions would inevitably privilege some senators over others and put some votes as more valuable than others. Now, the textual argument in the transgender rights case was pretty strong. Title VII, the law in question, forbids employment discrimination on the basis of sex. And the plaintiffs argued that if you, would dis- if you would fire a man for being in a relationship with a man, and you obviously wouldn't fire a woman for being in a relationship with a man, that was sex discrimination. Also, if you fired a man for, well, a transgender woman in this case, but I, which I recognize that it's offensive to refer to a transgender woman as a man, but I am carrying this out for the subject, uh, for the purpose of explaining the legal arguments. If you would fire a man for referring to himself as a woman when you wouldn't fire a woman for referring to herself as such, this is also sex discrimination, more or less. I'm slightly botching this argument, but I hope you're getting the broader picture. Now, when you consider the original law and the textualist approach, this law, act- this argument does actually hold up very well. So much so that many observers considered it to be Something of a litmus test for whether Gorsuch would stick to his guns or fall in line behind the conservative ideological viewpoint, as his fellow Justice Brett Kavanaugh was expected to do, and did. Gorsuch stuck to his guns, and the rest is history. Well, very recent history. I'm sure you're all very glad to get some good news after everything that has happened in the past month. I know that I am as well. And I will be on the lookout for more in the next week. When I so when I talk to you again next week, I hope to have, well, something other than protests and the pandemic to report to you about. Until next time, folks. Cheers.